The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, June the 6th, 2022. It is 7.03 on your Tucson Monday morning, and uh, you're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Thank you for joining me this morning. I am glad to be back with you guys once again after what seems to be just a series of crazy... (laughs) ridiculous circumstances that continue to happen to me, unfortunately, but uh, had to be out the race uh, the rest of the week last week on doctor's orders. I just hardly could even open my eyes, to be honest with you, after uh, the concussion that I was going through and stuff. So, But uh, glad to be back with you here, and uh, hopefully we'll remember my name and things like that throughout the uh, the show today. Uh, I, you know, I kid all of a sudden, obviously, the uh, you know, concussions are a serious thing, and we should be taking them seriously. But uh, I'll be, I'll be fine. Everything's, everything's gonna be okay. So, just glad to be uh, rid of the headaches and the light sensitivity and the sound sensitivity. Like I, I literally couldn't even stand the sound of my own voice. I, you know, I wear headphones, obviously, when you're broadcasting, you have to be able to hear yourself and everything that's coming down the pike. Uh, you know, from, you know, from the station, whether it be you know, local stuff or whether you have news clips or you have your producer talking to you or whatever have you. So you have to have your headphones on. But you know, the headphones are pretty loud and they're right over your ears. Uh, they can't be quiet. So um, I couldn't even, literally couldn't even stand the sound of my own voice in my headphones. And it just would just send these shooting pains through my skull and couldn't have that. So we are, uh, we're back today feeling good. And we have a, 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 a plethora of things to talk about with you today. Uh so many, so many things going on in the world of sports, specifically in the city of Tucson. You know, unfortunately for one team, their journey, their postseason journey has come to an end for another. It continues as the Arizona baseball team is going to be taking on Ole Miss today in what they hope to be, what we hope to be, is a two-game set to settle that region in the uh, in the Baseball College World Series. So we'll talk about uh, Arizona baseball and their heroics coming up real shortly here. Uh, I mentioned Arizona softball as their journey comes to an end. We'll discuss that uh, because there is still quite a bit to unpack from their season this year. We have the NBA Finals to discuss as the Warriors even the series one-to-one in a blowout fashion last night in a game where, you know, if, if you just read the box score, if you just read the points in the shooting, you think that Jason Tatum was, you know, one of the I mean, and he is. He is still, you know, one of the one of the better players in the NBA, but uh, he just has not played well in this uh, in this postseason so far. Got a ton of turnovers, and last night he did shoot the ball well, but I think maybe set an NBA record for the biggest or the worst maybe plus minus rating in the history of the NBA Finals. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's probably a worse one in, in a game where a team got blown out. I'm sure that. It what was it when the Bulls beat the Jazz by fifty or something like that in that game with a one twenty one to seventy four or something like that or whatever it was, probably a plus minus for the Jazz in that game was worse. But my God, uh, <laughs> what a weird series so far in the first two games. <clears throat> so we'll talk some NBA. Also, you know, we, we talked about it here a few weeks ago, and I discussed what the likelihood 
you know, of, of DeAndre Ayton's future with the Phoenix Suns. I felt like they were going to, uh, you know, allow him to go seek out other contracts, you know, as a restricted free agent this year and then match him. Um, then uh, lately, like just in the last week or so, the talk is heated up that they just want to be rid of him and he wants to be rid of them. So there appears to be some kind of an irreparable situation between DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns. I don't know if it's with Monty Williams, if DeAndre and Monty have had a dust-up and that is uh, you know, irreparable, or if it's with Robert Sarver and the organization. I just don't know. Um, you know, Obviously, neither side is, is discussing it right now because DeAndre is still under contract. So we'll talk about his future as um, The Athletic had a an article that was released this morning uh, just a couple of hours ago, John Hollinger, a former general manager in the NBA, discussing uh, after his discussions that he's had with other front office members, I'm presuming that he's talked with uh, either James Jones or other people in the front office of the Phoenix Suns, and he now believes that DeAndre Ayton will not be wearing a Suns uniform when the 2022 season begins, which is very disheartening um, as a Suns fan, as a Wildcat fan, as you know, someone who, who does both. Uh, it's uh, it's it's tough, uh, and, and look, both sides are to blame in this. Whether it's you know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, Monty Williams, and also DeAndre himself. So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are still going on as uh, they are in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. The Western Conference Finals may be wrapped up tonight, though. Colorado at Edmonton tonight. Um, we'll talk about that series because there's a uh, uh, there, there's a a, a a 100% well I shouldn't say a 100% chance because Evander Kane's not going to be on the ice tonight but uh I would say there is a very 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 high chance that um there's a little bit of revenge in that game coming for somebody so we'll talk about that coming up and then of course on the eastern side the New York Rangers get the win last night they uh they take I'm sorry Tampa Bay gets the win over the New York Rangers Tampa Bay still has the lead in the series 2-1 Tampa gets the the win last night comeback win last night uh, as Tampa gets a, a win, the champs at home uh, still won't go away. So that'll be an interesting series as that goes on. I think that one's going to go seven. But the Colorado-Edmonton series right now looking like Colorado may eliminate Edmonton without much of a whimper. So <clears throat> so we'll uh, we'll talk some in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We also have some NFL to discuss as we do that every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. That is my one promise to you that we will talk NFL every single day here on this show. But we begin... Locally, with Wildcat Baseball, as last night in Coral Gables, after multiple postponements over the weekend because of weather, Nick McClary walking onto the field twice, and as soon as he literally walked out of the dugout to get onto the field into the uh, the batter's box, the rain would start coming down. He was like the rain man out there. So uh, they had to put him back on the dugout and... And uh, put the tarp out there, and it was it was just kind of a wild weekend. And we knew that's what it was going to be. I mean, it, you know, anytime you're talking about Miami or you know Florida, right there, Gulf Coast area in June, it, you know that there's going to be weather because it's hurricane season, like it's right there. And apparently, when, you know, when when Arizona was uh, was named to that regional to play in Coral Gables, there down in South Florida. They immediately, everybody immediately started reporting on the weather, and it was going to be, what was it like the second 
like the second most violent tropical storm to hit the Pacific coast in 72 years or something like that. Like, I'm like, oh, boy, why do they pick these these locations to have these regionals where these games are going to be going on until 3 o'clock in the morning? And they nearly did. I mean, the, you know, the game against Ole Miss, what did that start off at, 10 o'clock? Um, <laughs> not preferable there. Uh, so they uh, they had, a, you know, quite a wild weekend, but none wilder than their finish against the host Miami Hurricanes yesterday, late last night, in fact, uh, as that game that game wrapped up here, what was it, about 10 o'clock local time, I want to say, as Wildcat Baseball wins the thriller and knock out the host of that regional uh, Miami, you know, obviously a, a traditional power in college baseball are the Hurricanes. They were always on TV growing up. I would always see, it seemed like ESPN was just had a, a permanent camera located in Coral Gables there because it seemed like every time I would turn on college baseball as, you know, a kid or in high school or whatever, it was like, oh, look, Miami's playing again. <laughs> every time. Uh, traditional power, nonetheless. But it was the heroics of Tanner Otremba coming to the plate with two out in the top of the ninth, two on, two out, and smacks a double to right center field as – you know, he knew that he was going to be fed a steady diet of fastballs, and, you know, Miami's closer is a good one, um, you know, one of the best in the country, and, uh, you know, a guy that throws some real good heat, is able to locate some stuff, and Otremba basically said, you know, after the game, you know, he, he knew that he was going to have to just put together a good at-bat, not a, not a heroic at-bat, but just try to tie the game, try to find a way to get a base hit, you know, he, you know literally what he said is uh, – you're just trying to, you know, as a hitter in that situation um, with a guy who throws that hard is just to try to hit something the other way. You're not going to try to pull, uh, you know, whatever he's got unless you're, you know, one of the elite hitters in the country. So, and and that's what Otremba said. He said, that was the biggest thing I told myself. If I can give us a chance by putting the ball in play, we've got Nick McClowry on second. Uh, on, uh, on second. Hopefully it leads to a run. And just staying on top and not trying to do too much was the goal there. And he did as he went oppo for a double, scoring both runners, giving Arizona the 4-3 lead. Uh, just a <laughs> a big knock right there as a Tanner Otremba continues to get good hits in, in you know in big situations. Um, prior to that hit right there, Arizona was 0-8 in the game with runners in scoring position. And even more so, just you know to kind of buck the trend of this season for Arizona baseball, Arizona this season was 0-21 in games when they trailed after the eighth inning, which is like, wow, 0-21. No, you know, no big ninth inning comebacks, you know, before there, there have been situations where they've given up the lead and then, you know, taking it back, that kind of stuff. But never a, a, a win after trailing after eight innings, 0-21 this season. Well, it's 1-21, for 21 and they knocked out the host team in that regional, and will now face Ole Miss in the, you know, essentially what we hope, again, is a a two-game slate today. Now, in that game last night as well, I want to give give some props to Quinn Flanagan, who has been just so, so good for this team. He's he's just a bulldog. Uh, And, and, you know, anytime you have him out there, you know that he's going to battle. But... They put the tying run on third. Miami put the tying run on third with one out in the bottom of the ninth. And you're thinking there's just no way Miami's bats are, 
are just too good. They're, they're going to wake up at some point. They're playing at home. You know, this is this is the end. You know, this is you know, something is going to happen here. The game's going to get tied, and we don't have the arms to stick with us anymore. And you know, who knows? It's all these things are going through your head, right? Quinn Flanagan then strikes out the next batter, and then gets a ground out to end the game, earning his second save of the day. Now they needed him earlier in the game against Canisius. We'll talk about that in just a moment for him to earn his second save of the day. Another guy that deserves a lot of credit in this game. You know, Dawson Nets, who started for for the Cats yesterday. I mean, you can you can just tell that he didn't have his best stuff. He just wasn't. He, he didn't have it. Obviously, first pitch of the game got sent over the wall. <laughs> Gave a home run on his first pitch of the game, but didn't give up another hit. You know, the rest of the four the four innings that he was out there went four innings. You know, and for him, you know, who missed a big chunk of the season because of injury. That was an important outing for him. I think it was the, the most innings he's pitched in one single outing this season, which is, uh, you know, they had to have it. Now, it wasn't, you know, perfect by any stretch of the imagination. They, you know, they walked a lot of batters, and, you know, he was constantly pitching out of trouble. But to only give up the one hit after your first pitch of the game in a, an elimination regional host is just remarkable. I, I, you know, I, I, you, you, can't, you can't help but tip your cap to Dawson Nets in the way that, that he battled and just a, an absolute, again, another, you know, another one of those bulldogs out there um, for Arizona that just continues to fight and scrap and claw his way through and trying to, you know, trying to keep this team competitive, inning in, inning out, and did enough, you know, and Susak came in and, you know, kind of was, was able to, you know, to keep – keep the ship righted, you know, and, and look, this was a good baseball game. And, you know, this was one of those situations where Miami had taken the lead a little bit later in the game, but it was still only a one-run lead, so Arizona was still obviously within striking distance. And based on what we have seen not only this season from Arizona, but in the previous game against Canisius with just the long ball, the ability to hit the long ball is always there for a couple of uh, the Wildcats in the lineup. So, you, you know, you always think that you've got a shot. Um, in, in you know those type of situations in a one run game, so Arizona gets the uh, gets the dub and moves on today. Now earlier in the day, as I mentioned, the Batcats had to withstand a mid game rally by Canisius, the Golden Griffins, one of my favorite uh, nicknames out there, the Golden Griffins of Canisius. They won that game seven to five to stay alive in the regional after losing the previous day to Ole Miss. Now, the Wildcats in that game yesterday hit four home runs. Blake Paw hit two, one in the first inning and one in the seventh. So a little nice little bookend set for Blake Paw there. Chase Davis just continues to mash. Hit his 18th home run of the season, a two-run bomb in the first inning. And Nick McClary hit the big bomb of the game, a three-run shot in the fourth, which gave Arizona a 6-1 lead, a very momentous and monumental 6-1 lead. They needed it because they ended up winning that game 7-5. to As I mentioned, uh, Canisius plates two in the fifth and two in the sixth, I think it was. But uh, they were able to hold them off there. So now where Arizona is, as I mentioned, they're going to be taking on Ole Miss today. They lost to Ole Miss 7-4 to on Saturday night. Okay? In a, it, that, was a, that was a good game. That game featured like everything that there was good pitching in that game there was good hitting in that game uh I thought that was a tremendous matchup now Ole Miss 
was able to take advantage of some big hits in there, some big timely hits. But that game was what well, it was. It was two nothing Arizona. Then it was two two. Then it was four two. Then it was four four. Like that game really went back and forth. That was a fun one. Um, hopefully, it's the same amount of fun with a different outcome today as those two teams will uh, will square off today just after 10 a.m. So just a few hours from now, uh, Arizona will take the field once again to take on Ole Miss. Now, the situation is where, you know, Ole Miss right now doesn't have any losses in the regional. They're one of, I think they're one of two teams that are still alive that are still playing because other teams have already clinched their regional. Uh, I think they're one of only two teams that are going to be playing today that need to be beaten twice. I think Auburn is the other one. UCLA, ironically, the other Pac-12 team that's uh, that's still playing today, they are uh, they're going to be taking on Auburn. So they have to beat Auburn twice today in that regional to be able to uh, to advance. So two Pac-12 teams taking on two uh, unbeaten essentially SEC teams in their regionals should be interesting. And you know, for Arizona, you know they. they we're not sure who they're going to throw to the mound yet. We don't. We're not, we're not exactly sure. I guess the possible starters for Chip Hale are right-hander Chandler Murphy or the lefties Eric Orloff and Holden Christensen. So it could be uh, any one of those three. I don't know if, if we'll find out. I, hopefully, we'll find out before I sign off, and I can let you guys know who's going to be starting for uh, for Chip Hale and the Wildcats today in that elimination game. Because if the Arizona wins, you know, if Arizona wins that game, they will play again later on in the day for a true elimination game against Ole Miss. Now this has just been this has been an absolute grind for the Wildcats. What a, you know, what a a postseason grind for them between having to battle, you know, against teams in the conference to get in and then going into Scottsdale where the Pac twelve tournament was <laughs> was was crazy. The inaugural Pac twelve tournament Pac twelve getting a you know a first a first real look at what it's like having a conference baseball tournament, something that the SEC has been, you know, dealing with for quite some time and, you know, people that are that are there are familiar with, but we hadn't been too familiar with it here and just what a crazy grind that is. And then having to travel to regions and play teams on delayed schedules and it, it's just been it's been tough. So I give them uh, all the credit in the world right now. Uh it's a good baseball team and you know, like I said and, and I've said many times before Yes, Chip Hale did inherit a a really good program, but a program that was left with the cupboards essentially. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say bare because there are plenty of really good players remaining on this team that he took over, but they were certainly stripped uh, of a lot of their talent by the previous coach, um, and kind of left him with, uh, you know, what is it? A lineup full of right-handed hitters and you know that kind of stuff. So. I, I tip my cap to uh, to Chip Hale in his first season with Arizona. I think that he's done a, a phenomenal job. And win or lose today, there's nothing to hang their head about. They, they you know they should be proud of themselves for getting to where that they got. And if by chance they do happen to win, they will go and play the winner of the uh, Southern Mississippi and LSU game. Those two teams will play today as Southern Miss with one loss so far in the regional, LSU with one loss in the regional so far. Those two teams are going to play one another today, and uh, if Arizona advances, they will play the winner of that one. So, it could be a situation, and I'm you know listen, this is still there's still a long way to go. Arizona has to win two games today to do it, uh, but it's possible that they could see their former coach in the next uh, in the next region. So, we will keep a close eye on that. And as I mentioned. Uh, once I get word of of if it is announced who the starter is before we sign off today, I'll make sure to let you guys know. 
All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk some Wildcats softball. Unfortunately, we are not able to talk about them advancing into the Final Four, but, man, what a ride it was in this postseason and how proud we are of our girls. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, speaking of baseball, we do have some baseball tickets to be given away here on the Jeff Dean Show this week. We go see the Arizona Diamondbacks take on the Minnesota Twins. That game is going to be Saturday, June 18th. I have a pair of tickets to give away today. Be listening for your cue to call for that. Can happen between uh, now, anytime between now and uh, you know 90 minutes from now. So be listening for your cue to call to win a pair of tickets to go see the D-backs take on the Twins on Saturday, June 18th, up here in Phoenix. Now, in softball action, look, you know the the charmed. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to say charmed. It wasn't like they were gifted anything, but they were just the women's softball team. They they were just I don't want to say playing with house money because this was an unprecedented season for softball as three unseeded teams made the final eight, you know, made the World Series essentially. Uh, It had never happened before. But Arizona finally succumbs to the competition and they get knocked out by another unseeded team, Texas, who finds themselves in the final now as they're going to be taking on Oklahoma State. Uh, I think they they played today, right? Yeah, they played today. In the uh, in the final four that they play against Oklahoma State uh, today, so it was an improbable run for Caitlin Lowe's first season as head coach, a season that saw this particular squad finish dead last in the conference, dead last. Started zero and eight in conference play, looked terrible doing it. Got run ruled twice, got no hit. I mean, it was it was brutal, and. People, the fans, were starting to pile on, and they were like, oh, this is, she's in over her head and all this other stuff. And this is just, let this be a lesson, folks. Let Just please let this be a lesson. First of all, can we have a little patience with people? Like, this is not your job. This is not your livelihood on, you know, where the softball team or where any team finishes in the, in the conference or in the standings at the end of the season, okay? Can we please have a little patience with people before we start piling on and denouncing them and talking about, oh, they're in over their heads and, you know, Caitlin Lowe wasn't the right pick for this and, oh, yeah, what's the future of college of, of Arizona softball? Let's have a little patience with these people, please. And second of all, can we please wait to the end of the season to make those claims? Because in the middle of the season, especially in someone's first season in that position, in the middle of the year, you can't you can't make claims like that. Now I can sit here and I can say we need to learn from this, and you know everybody needs to learn you know patience and wait to the end of the season, and it's going to happen again in whatever sport comes next. Like whatever happens there, whether it'll be it'll be football, right? Arizona football will start one and five, okay? And I'm not I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. This, but if if this is what happens, Arizona's one and five midway through the season. People are going to be like, oh, all that recruiting that Jed Fish did was all for naught. These guys can't play. Jed Fish can't coach. Maybe he can recruit, but he can't coach. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> Trust me, folks. As, as someone who sees it, you know, from from my angle of you know doing what I do, it is it's 
it's maddening to watch the fans just grab their pitchforks and torches midway through a season and start making claims like it's the end-all, be-all. Can we please just show a little patience and at least wait until the season is over before we say, we look back and we go, wow, that was a colossal disaster, or gosh, that turned out being better than we thought, or wow, I can't believe how amazing that was. Before Tommy Lloyd even coached a game for Arizona men's basketball, there were people out there like, I don't know who this guy is. Why would Arizona hire a nobody? Somebody with, with no coaching experience. It was already. I mean, I, I know the, the beloved crown jewel of Tucson, Arizona men's basketball. I get it. People are passionate about it, okay? But, God, can we please just wait wait until the dust settles before we start throwing out claims about coaches or players or programs. And, again, I, I'm, I am speaking to a brick wall right now. I guarantee it. Because I know. I've done this for way too long. I know better. I probably should be saving my breath right now, preaching to Wildcat fans about having patience and waiting to the end of a season before they start making outlandish claims about whether a coach should be fired or whatever. There are, there are certain... Okay, just for instance, okay? At the end of the Kevin Sullivan era of, of Arizona football, we, we all we all kind of saw like eh, this this isn't this isn't going so well. Now certain certain fans were like I mean they were on that you know on that you know on that horse like second week like week two okay. Now it was before the territorial cup game the you know the territorial cup game where ASU really did this program a favor by beating this team so badly that it caused them to make drastic changes. Like thank you like honestly like I I tell. I tell scummy fans that all the time. They're like, hey, 70 to 7. I'm like, yeah, you did us a huge favor. If that game were close, we'd probably still be with Kevin Sumlin. So thank you for doing that in front of a stadium where there were no fans and nobody cared about the season. That was the, the, the most, you know, I guess, advantageous butt-whipping ever in the history of sports. Okay? Now, before that game, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like this, like this ain't working. Like, I'm I'm done. Okay, I, I've it, before the season even ended. I mean, the season was af- effectively over, but Arizona hadn't played its final game of the year yet. But I, I could tell. I'm like, this is not like we, this needs to change. Like this can't happen. And then what happened on that day basically put the nails in the coffin. And it, it, you know, I've been guilty of it. I'm not saying that I'm holier than thou and that I'm not guilty of these things. You know, I, I guess it, for me, I'm just someone who likes to be a little more patient and likes to wait to the end, and then go back and see and, and, and evaluate and be like, okay, now you know, now's maybe you know the time to start jumping on that. You know, we need to fire the coach type of bandwagon thing. If after you know the results, and and then you know what's happening after that? Are they are they doing the right things to try to right the ship? Does it look like they're trying? You know, at the end of the Rich Rodriguez era, he wasn't trying, and I was a big Rich Rodriguez supporter. Huge Ridge Rodriguez supporter. He wasn't trying. Got to go. But at least I waited to the end of the season. So let this be a lesson. Please remember this. If you're a Wildcat fan who was denouncing the hiring of Caitlin Lowe when the Wildcats were 0-8 to start the, uh, the, the season, and trust me, I know specifically who several of you are, 
Just let the like the next time you want to open your mouth or go to Twitter with your thumbs and start pecking out some kind of a text or a tweet or whatever that is going to be defamatory about the, the coach of a program or a team that you care about so much, just remember what you said about Caitlin Lowe and Arizona softball midway through the season before they were essentially one win away from playing in the World Series, like the World Series. So just settle down, okay? Let's celebrate this season. I mean, we're all celebrating now. Like, wow, what a, what a, what a great comeback for Arizona softball. And they deserve all this, and yeah, they do deserve it. Let's just <laughs> try to try to keep that in mind next time as we wait for the end of the season and the results to finally play out. Speaking of the results to play out, uh, it looks like the Oklahoma schools are going to be playing for the for the national championship because Oklahoma State is has zero losses in the W Elimination Tournament. They're going to be taking on Texas, who has one loss, and if they you know they beat Texas, they're out, and that's it. They move on. Oklahoma the number one team in the country, and they are a juggernaut. Uh, they're going to play UCLA today. UCLA with one loss already. If Oklahoma wins that, then they move on to the final. So it's looking like it's going to be an Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State final, and we can all yawn and not pay attention. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk some NBA. As the NBA finals are going on, the Warriors, even the series 1-1, we'll tell you how they did it and uh, how they did it and the antics of one dream on green next on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, a lot of things happening this morning. Something's happening just in the last since we started the show, really. The Broncos have got a new owner. We'll talk about that coming up in our NFL section. Is <laughs> Oh, boy. You know, it's uh, well, we, we can discuss it right now. I don't care. Uh, the heir to the Walmart, uh, you know, dynasty, the Walmart, you know, fortune or whatever have you, their heir, essentially, the, the heir to Walmart, Rob Walton is going to be purchasing the Denver Broncos for a record $4.5 billion. So I can only imagine what is coming next for for the Mile High City. As uh, Walmart Stadium, I'm sure, is coming next. As the, the owner is Walton. The, it's, the yeah, the Walmart people. So uh, those of you who may or may not know, I I have literally shopped at Walmart like, three times in my entire life. Like, I never go there, ever. I just have personal feelings about the company and about the family that I don't particularly engage and support their their business. So I, you'll, you'll never find me at Walmart, ever. Like, I just don't go. I can't, I, like, I can't be, yeah, I can't be in a Walmart. It drives me nuts. I don't even like going to Target either, for that matter. But sometimes you can't avoid it. So Rob Walton going to be purchasing the uh, the Denver Broncos for $4.5 billion. That was one of the five uh, suitors to purchase the team. So there we go. Walmart now to the NFL. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, also, and I, I don't, I don't want to just say this as news, but there is a report out there from some person who's living over in Europe who is claiming that Azulis Tabellis – of course, the 
power forward of the Arizona Wildcats who plays for Lithuania in the FIBA League. Uh, and he was set to compete in the under-20 Euro Championship uh, coming up, has withdrawn from Team Lithuania and may have surgery for an injury that he is currently recovering from. Now, I don't know if this is foot-ankle injury from Arizona's season, you know, this year, the, you know, the, the one that he may or may not have sustained at Stanford, or if this is something else. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. But that is it's look it's just a, a a mention from somebody who covers FIBA basketball i don't even know you know honestly i don't know who the person is but uh, nonetheless that's what they are saying is that uh, Julius Debellis has withdrawn from the under under 20 euro championship and again we'll wait to get maybe a more substantial uh on that before we call it news i don't again i don't know you know he may end up we may see him on the court tomorrow for Lithuania, if that's you know if that's when they play or whatever, but that's that's what uh, this particular person is reporting, and of course it's starting to snowball a little bit in Tucson right now. So again, I caution you to where you get uh, you know where you get your your news and information from, and I, I, again I'm going to qualify that statement by saying this is not a substantiated report. It's just someone who covers that sport uh, has said that they're not going to be he's not going to play and that he may need surgery on something again we'll wait to hear more from trusted sources on that but I did want to put it out there in case in case it starts to snowball and people start saying oh my god Azus is having surgery tomorrow <laughs> okay it's, we don't know that we just know that there's a report that he apparently has withdrawn from the team I went to uh, the website the Lithuanian uh, Eurofiba website there's no mention of it there. So, But, again, this is something that was just reported like 15 minutes ago. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. NBA Finals is uh, a huge surprise in Game 1. You didn't get a chance to talk about it because th- Game 1 was Thursday night. Wasn't with you guys on Friday. A, 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 you know, the Warriors take a huge lead into the fourth quarter, blow it, get blown out, give up 120 points to the Celtics in that game, and then turn around – and completely shut them down in Game 2. Now, this is basically indicative of the entire postseason that we've seen, specifically from the Eastern Conference teams. Uh, a little bit a little bit more consistency from the Western Conference team, but the Eastern Conference teams have been, we score 120 one night, and then the next game we score 88. And that's exactly what's been happening, and it happened again. As the Boston Celtics get beat 107-88 to the Golden State Warriors, and it was a run in the second half where it just seemed like (laughs) the run was 41-14. The Warriors went on a 41-14 run after halftime. They had a two-point lead. Was it 52-50, I think it was, at halftime? They went on a 41-14 run after halftime, and it seemed like it was an 80-to-nothing run. Like, it was was turnover, 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 bucket, bucket, bucket. Like, it was crazy. Like, just – you kind of just—I had the game on idly in the background. I was doing some other things, um, and I couldn't—I still wasn't like 100% comfortable just sitting and watching the game with you know full volume, all that kind of stuff. I still needed to take some time to kind of recoup a, a little bit, but um, it just kind of seemed like oh, you know, it was another turnover by Boston and another bucket, and Steph is going off, and Jordan Poole knocking down buckets, and I'm like, what in the world is happening? It was. It was a two-point game. I turn around, and the Warriors are up 20, like, in moments. <laughs> so 
that was uh, that was you know quite a run there for the uh, for the Warriors in the second half and just completely put away the, uh, the the Celtics last night. Now it's not so much the score of the game, but there's a couple of players in this game who in this series who have become very mercurial. One of them, of course, being Draymond Green, who was always mercurial, but he started the game off with the first ten seconds of the game. Goes and grabs the ball from from Al Horford at the top of the key, creating a jump ball situation, and you knew that at that point this was going to be that kind of a Draymond game. The key was going to go out there, and he's going to start pushing people around, getting other people's skin, grabbing at the ball, pawing at the hands, you know, all you know, every moment he can get. He gets an early technical, and then, according to him, in a post game press conference, knew that he wasn't going to get a second technical because he gets different treatment than anyone else in the NBA. These are his own words. <laughs> I have some questions. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I have some legitimate questions based on just that statement alone and what we saw, because he was setting the tone early and often in that game, as only Draymond can uh, in that particular situation, you know, playing for the Warriors and given his position and the fact that he's not much of an offensive threat, but he does – create a lot of offense for his team. The ability to go out there and get, according to him, in his own mind, to, to go out and get an early technical and know that you can continue to play the same way, maybe even harder, and know you're not going to get a second technical because, quote, you get differential treatment in the NBA and the refs ain't going to throw you out of the game. <laughs> I, 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 have, I, I just want to raise my hand. Like, Excuse me, can I, can I ask a question here? Is that right? Is it fair? Does everybody kind of know that it happens? Yeah, I think so. I think I think everyone pretty much just accepts the fact that he's right. But the problem is he shouldn't be right in that statement. That's not that's not how sports are played. That's not how this game is played. You don't get to have a an extremely short fuse on a first technical and then the longest fuse in the world on a second technical. A technical foul is a technical foul, period, end of story, regardless of whether they have one already, what time of the game it is, what series it is, what game it is. Like, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter. Should not matter. Now, there are people that are nitpicking, in my opinion, and people saying he should have got a technical here. People, I, the talking heads showing the replays of the game. He should have got a technical here. He should have got a technical here. Jalen Brown standing over him. He gets up and shoves him. Those were not technicals. Okay, those were not moments in games where we would normally see technical fouls. You just they were just little dust-ups. Now his first one was definitely a technical foul. But after that, I I don't think I wasn't like, "Oh man, he should have been thrown out of the game for that. He should have been thrown out of the game for that." I, th- those weren't technical fouls and not because it would have been his second, but because it just wasn't a technical foul in my opinion. But if they were more egregious and were technical worthy and he still didn't get thrown out, then there's a problem. So we'll talk about that coming up. Should he be given this differential treatment? Should any player be given differential or preferential treatment? Uh, And what's it going to be like when he goes into Boston? Because there are people saying that he's not going to get that treatment in front of the Boston Celtics crowd. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the NBA Finals coming up after the break. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, so 
Got a few minutes here. I was able to find a <laughs> reputable, but I was able to find an article specifically regarding the Azulis Tabellas situation. It's from the Lithuania Post's English, um, you know, media outlet, essentially. And we're going to take this with a grain of salt because there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of, I guess, uh, mis- I don't want to say mispronunciations, but uh, there's, there's some translations here that need to be worked on. Quote, one of the most talented young basketball players in Lithuania, Oak Tubelis, O-A-K. Is that what Azulis means in, in Lithuanian, I guess? Oak? Uh, <clears throat> it says here, will miss the under-20 European basketball championship due to injury. He is, quote, a tall student studying at the University of Arizona. And he informed the Lithuanian Basketball Federation uh, coach, I'm not even going to try this name, that he has problems with a chronic injury and wants to appoint a summer for treatment. Quote from Azulis Tabellis, Oak, I guess, if you will. Quote, I have had an injury and may need surgery. I will try to cure it this summer. I will support and be sick for you at the European Championships and see you next year. Again, translations may not be, may not be on, on point here. Um, but the uh, the reports are here is that they met with Tubelis and his mother and thoroughly examined the situation. The priority is to heal his injuries as opposed to playing on uh, on what may be an injured foot or ankle or something to that nature. It's still not reported what the injury is, and I'm sure that's you know very pleasing to the Arizona basketball uh, program because look, this has been a program that does not disclose injuries to people uh, unless it's you know absolutely necessary. I mean, you know, there's been the, the occasional concussion and stuff like that. Like, oh, he's had the concussion protocol; he can't play. Uh, but for the most part, they've been pretty mum on any kind of uh, any kind of injury news. So. We'll continue to keep an eye on that. I mean, you know, it's, it sounds like um, he wants to have the surgery now as opposed to later so that he's ready to start the Arizona season, which will tip off in November of uh, 2022, of course. So that will give him some time to uh, rehab and uh, get back on the, uh, on the court as opposed to playing for his home country of uh, Lithuania. All right, as I mentioned, we have those Arizona Diamondbacks tickets. We'll be giving those away at some point in hour number two. Be listening for your cue to call for that. We have tickets to go see the D-backs take on the Minnesota Twins coming up on uh, June 18th, it's a Saturday game. You make the trip up to the uh, to the Valley. You win those tickets and uh, go see the D-backs taking on the, uh, the Twinkies. Coming up in hour number two, we have plenty of NFL news to get into as some stuff happened over the weekend. Some stuff happened just about 45 minutes ago that we'll be talking about. Um, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll continue to talk some NBA finals. And NBA experts expect DeAndre Ayton to be playing in a different uniform come the 2022, start of the 2022 season. So we will absolutely be talking about that and maybe anything else that comes about here across the newswire. So stay tuned. Still got an hour to go. Just a quick turnaround. We'll toss it to an ESPN Sports Center update, and we'll be right back here with you on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL 1049 FM Tucson. And KMXC HD 4 Tucson.